This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man, Cody. What is going on tonight? Man, it's been... It's- been a pretty good day got my first collab to drop today as we're recording this one back on monday as y'all are listening to this i got to jump on with scott connor the destination dynasty podcast and do a collab with him do a half part series with adam jumped on the first part talking about the 101 i got to jump on there and talk about some preemptive moves that you can make looking into the 2023 draft and the rookie drafts that are coming up after that. And so the burning questions that were being asked, we covered two of them. I know they're going to cover two of them next week with a couple other guests. I can't wait to see what, who those are that he brings on and talk about or listen to that one there next week. But uh, we're, we're here today on Wednesday as you all listening to this. And last week we covered one of my teams where we were looking at that orphan that I took over. That's a little bit more on the contender side, but now we've got a little bit of a different thing on your side of things, trying to take on the other side of things, a little bit of a rebuild for you. Yeah. Part two of making moves here, talking about some roster reviews, best way to sit down and look at our own teams you know, this is something that we should all be doing is taking a, a true reflection of these teams. And uh, I've already done the reflection and it is gross and ugly. It is a scorched earth rebuild on this one. So uh, we did choose this hands down the worst team that I own. So uh, do not uh, do not take this as the way I like to dynasty. But, uh, you know, sometimes we have to go through a rebuild. And so we'll get to, to walk through that. And, uh, you know, teams that you don't have to rebuild underdog teams and destination debbie has partnered with underdog fantasy this year and if you do use code tfdr at sign up you can get up to a 100 dollars deposit match on your first deposit and if you do deposit 10 dollars or more the best part is you get one year access to the destination debbie discord all of the conversation, all of the sheets that are in there. So you can actually get access to, to strategy. You can chat with us, chat with anyone in there um, just about what they're doing, how we're doing it, and incredible content, incredible stuff that uh, that people are posting in there. So again, code TFDR at sign up for that $100 deposit match on your first deposit. But yeah, let's uh, dive right in here to the team. As we talked about last week, we have a few steps that we like to look at here we mentioned you know you're going to look at your league look at your team assess where we stand and start sending out those offers so looking at this league itself um, it is a 12 team super flex start 13 so it is a deep starting lineup that we're going to be diving into uh, 29 man rosters with five taxi so 34 if you want to call it 34 and Pretty standard super flex stuff with one QB, one super flex, five flex, three wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end. Uh, the scoring, I'd say it's vanilla PPR, four passing, minus two for an interception. For So four for a pa- passing touchdown, minus two for an interception, and then a .5 tight end premium, so 1.5 for the tight ends. Um, everything else is pretty standard. So when we look at that, 
what does that kind of tell you when you have those kind of uh, I don't say vanilla, but just more more on the PPR basic side? Yeah, I mean, really, you're not looking too much into the scoring, in my opinion. Uh, the 1.5 tight end premium is a little bit of a nice added bonus, but it's not anything to really get me excited about the position overall. Flat PPR across the board, the four by negative two doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, it doesn't elevate the quarterback position up as much as it could be. And really with that, there's also a little bit of a added effect with quarterback being a little bit of lesser value in my opinion because you are so deep in start 13 lineup i mean you're having five flex and we're, we're going to see as we go through your roster a little bit that it is incredibly difficult to put that much depth on a single roster to where you can really compete and have a good starting lineup that you're confident in every single week um so the quarterback goes down for me a little bit not too much because we are still in that super flex format the wide receiver is definitely going to be a little bit over the running back for me since you can start up to eight wide receivers. Um, not that I'm going to be doing that in most situations, but you do have that option. Tight end isn't much of anything significant to me other than the one that I'm probably trying to start my uh, normal normal starting lineup slot. I'm not trying to really flex tight ends ever in this format, even though it is a 1.5, unless I'm really struggling. So that's kind of my overall takeaways of the format do you have anything else that i haven't touched on here no that pretty much gets the gist of it i wanted to kind of give give everyone an idea of where the the scoring is for some of these so like rb12 is at 14.6 per game rb24 is at 12.1 that's travis Etienne in this format uh wide receiver 12 is at 16.4 so you got a a couple point boost there from wide receiver 12 to running back 12 wide receiver 24 is at 13.4 so you got a point and a half over uh, RB24 and then 11.7 points per game or points per game last year for wide receiver 36. So just 0.4 less than RB24. Uh, so to kind of give you an idea that there's a, a little bit of a little bit to it, you know, tilt towards the wide receiver. Um, but yeah, overall, that's that's pretty much it. I'm with you on the quarterbacks. Uh, tight end doesn't do a whole lot. Depth is very important in this one. So that pretty much covers that one and now we get into the the gross part <laughs> let's let's run through the roster man i know it's not going to feel great but uh i I, w I will confirm for the people that this is the worst roster that i have seen chase have there are plenty of other good ones if you want the track record go back and look at royal rumble last year we've got the winners in there but hey Whatever you start, whatever you start building up that portfolio to like 12, 15 plus leagues, you're going to have these leagues sprinkled in there. Right. And this is this is why we're looking at it, because not all of our leagues can be winners. There's going to be some that you have to tear down, rebuild and try to struggle bus your way back up to actually having a contending roster. So, yeah, yeah break down this one for us, starting with the quarterback room. Yeah, so. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks here. So just made a trade this year. I ended up having Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson as my starting two. Um, I also have Geno Smith, Matt Corral, Andy Dalton, and Case Keenum. Um, so have a couple good pieces there. Solid, you know, QB three with Geno Smith. Um, but that's pretty much it. Got my got my six dudes there. Hope Case Keenum can QB start one. in QB one QB of the Texans, one in Houston. Man hopefully hopefully you know maybe i we can get some value bump there where i can uh flip him for anything in the season uh but right now pretty flat dead asset so uh how do you feel about that wide receiver room with the start 13 here 
what are your thoughts initially um, with that? Yeah, the quarterback room. I mean, you, you've got the top two eight assets, right? You've got the two BAM tier quarterbacks in Deshaun and Hurts. I know some people across the industry won't say that Deshaun's in that position anymore after he didn't perform well last year. I'm of the mindset that going into the Going into the year, everybody was saying, well, it's a lost year for Deshaun. Like After you've been away from the game for that long, it doesn't really matter what he comes out and does. We're expecting a major regression for him in that year. And it's what we saw. I mean, he wasn't very good last year whenever he came back, but I think that was to be a little bit expected. I'm not I'm not going to write off the guy who was at one point quarterback two overall in Dynasty Fantasy yeah. Football. Uh, I'm not going to write him off that easily after he went through all, all of the things off the field as well of just being away from the game for that long. I'm not writing him off. So he's still well within my top eight, not well within. I think he is actually my quarterback eight, but you've got two top eight quarterbacks. Hertz is fantastic in the top three. Geno Smith. I'm higher on than a lot of people. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be taking anybody to really replace him in this draft. As it currently stands for me, they could, it's definitely on the table, but I do think they gave Geno Smith a contract for a reason. I know it's only a one-year contract, but I don't think they're taking anybody first or second round in my opinion. Um, we'll, we'll see if it plays out that way, but I really do like Geno Smith more than a lot of other people. Case Keenum's QB, one of the Texans, as it is in my mind, and Matt Corral, that's probably a washed-dead asset, unfortunately, at this point for him. Yeah. So um, I think you've got a really solid QB room. Uh, it's it's what we want to build around in Superflex. Um, however, I will say that, that they're, while this room is very, very good and steady, that it does bring apart the part that we're going to get into here in a little bit. So love the QB room as it stands right now, but we might have to do some tinkering with it as we go further. Yeah, got got some tradable assets there. Well, that's what we'll say. You know, when we when we assess each of these rooms, we obviously look to see where we're at. With we have to have a different mindset when uh, when we look at this, though. But we'll go through and determine why we say this is a rebuilder, and uh, it starts no further than the running back room here. So uh, I have Brees Hall. Feels good. Um, Solid. But you talk about a team that's not ready for Bijan with the 101. This team was not ready for Brees Hall. So I have Brees Hall, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, and it doesn't get any prettier than this. Keontae Ingram, TDP, Chris Evans, Ty Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard. I wish I would just stop talking. Matt Breida, Daryl Williams, and Marlon Mack. Um, what, what, what I will commend you on is that you're not – in that bad roster construction, right? Where like you do have, you do at least have <laughs> a number of running backs that could start at any point. Um, I don't know if you've got as many as they maybe would like with some of these wide receivers we'll get into, but like you do, you're not at least starting like you're, you're not at least rostering like five running backs that really even have a name. So you, you've got running backs that could see some spikes here and there throughout You've got guys that you could flip in the future if they ever do get a starting role. I mean, I, I still like Isaiah Spiller. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Rashad White still has his truthers out there. Brees Hall, if you really if you do want to move off of Brees Hall, because as we're seeing with the running back position, as they're drafted, is probably almost like the apex of their point if they are that RB1 in the class like Brees Hall was. Um, so, so you can move off of him. I think you've still got some good assets in here that you can at least pivot off of some tradable assets as well. But yeah, it's it's not as deep as we would like in a start 13. Yeah, I think when I look at this room here, um, 
you know, I'll, I'll get into once we go through all the positions, I'll explain how this team came to be. But uh, but basically, I look at Brees Hall, Rashad White as the two pieces that I could trade right now. Um, I because Rashad White should be theoretically a starting running back there in Tampa. Um, so again, right now that's the situation. Spiller, Ingram, TDP, all the rest of them need something to happen this season uh, where they get that value bump so I can flip them. But Brees Hall, Rashad White is my two tradable assets, and um, that's pretty much it at this point in time if I'm looking to make moves. So let's uh, get into the to the wide receiver room. Uh Still doesn't feel great here. Drake London, Traylon Burks, Corey Davis, Diami Brown, Denzel Mims, Olamide Zacchaeus. Oh, I don't even want to say the fact that I'm still rostering this. People, ah, oh, shame. Ashton Doolin. Ashton Doolin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, Nelson Aguilar, and another one I'm embarrassed that's still on this team, Julio Jones. I mean, Julio's at least got some name cachet to him. Uh, Ashton Doolin is definitely in clogger territory, so you should probably replace that with a running back if there's anything on your waiver wire. But you started off this roster really great with the London and Burks. Uh, again, we're missing some depth here in start 13, right? Um, the good thing is, is you have very you have you have two rookie at, or two sophomore assets now in the wide receiver room that people will be looking to trade for burks is probably one that i'm not really looking to move because the community i think has soured on him a little bit too much but i think drake london could still net you a pretty good haul if you were trying to re-roll him um it, it's a, it's a team though where you still are trying to rebuild and i don't think he's ascended to this peak so might be trying to hold on to him as well but we do need to figure out a way to build out the depth on this wide receiver room if we want to bring it back into contention yeah start 13 is depth 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 you need depth across the board uh you need bench opportunities like this team does not have that like you mentioned i think Traylon and drake are the two that um would be the the two assets with value right like the rest of them no one's trading for thirds fourths maybe yeah like if you're if i'm lucky and uh and that's if, if I, yeah if i'm lucky so gross gets grosser this is a very short list here so tight end i have david and joku so i got a, a nice deshaun watson and joku stack rolling here you know whoop whoop and then i have josiah deguara uh so really hammering home the uh the depth here as well where my only tradable asset and the only assets that's worth mentioning is david and joku so very gross team very gross team do you have the uh i, I don't know if we went there do you have the taxi as well in that except they think you actually have a couple more assets in this team um oh you're right so this this will pretty much just be that so i have tdp is on here uh, the only other asset that did not get mentioned for some reason is Jashawn Corbin on the taxi. Uh, everything else was on the taxi TDP Keontae Ingram. Um, Peyton Hendershot as well. I believe in your tight end room on the taxi. Oh yeah. yeah, You're right. Yep. Peyton Hendershot. Look at you. Look at you knowing my team better. I know your you. team better than you. Come on, man. Let's go. I love it. Love it. I can understand <laughs> why though. Like you're looking at this team and you're like, can I just kind of like put that on the back burner? But this is the team that actually probably needs more than more of attention than what some of those contending teams do right like th to bring it back into that fold to bring it back into that true roster construction of 
getting the depth back on this roster. Um, There's definitely moves that need to be made, but you're not, not near one of the worst teams that I've seen. And I think the reason for that is because of the quarterback room that you've built here. I know you, I know you've sacrificed a little bit of the depth just in some trades to try to get that Jalen hurts, I believe. So do you want to talk about that one, see what that trade was and, if we if we want to look into that a little bit further yeah so we'll jump into jalen here i just want to go through my the draft picks real fast here because oh yeah draft um, picks my bad as bad as this team is at least i do have some capital um you know i have the 105 201 209 301 307 310 and then i have all 24 25 capital i don't have anything else additional so i have some it's not great um i did have the 101 and that is where i made that trade i had the 101 and Trey Lance and Calvin Ridley on this team. And I use those three pieces to trade up to get Jalen Hurts. Um, as much as you know, I believe in Deshaun Watson, I think taking time off from the quarterback position is challenging, right? Like that is the position that that takes the most processing, figuring out defenses, the speed of the game is different. Like it's gonna take a little bit of time for Deshaun Watson to to figure things out. As we saw, hopefully a full offseason helps him out. But I wanted to secure a, a top quarterback that uh, just in case Deshaun Watson wasn't it, or I give myself two top tier options, right? Like Jalen Hurts is, is locked in top three, just got a massive contract today. So by the time you're listening to it, two days ago. Uh, so he has a massive contract. He's tied in and, and he's a locked in top three QB and that's what I wanted to get is 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 a guy that in this format was the number one score. He scored more points uh, on a per game basis than than Patrick Mahomes in this format. So uh, got the number one quarterback in the league um, at the cost of the one hundred and one Trey Lance and Calvin Ridley. And I and I love that trade for you to be honest. Um, Trey Lance, you know there there's an insurmountable amount of questions about him right now and what his future will be with the. 49ers you've got a running back that you're probably looking at that and saying I'm not ready to have Bijan on this roster so I want to trade out of the 101 and try to get something more stable a more stable asset in a Jalen Hurts type and then Calvin Ridley uh, he almost in my mind he has a little bit of that like Deshaun Watson kind of stink to him of for me of like there's a lot of people thinking he's going to come back and be a top 24 wide receiver right away and he's spent a year and a half probably two years by the time he's getting back on the field for this year, but he's been away from the game and I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I'm a little bit out more on Calvin Ridley than a lot of people are. So love the trade for you. The only thing I'd say is you've consolidated a bunch of assets in the start 13 lineup. Yep. Um, while I love the, I love the quarterback stability. Do we possibly want to work the other way now with either, you know, one of these quarterbacks that you have, you, you, you now have Hertz, you have Watson, you have Gino. Do we want to try to take this and move it into, Hey, how do I build out the rest of my roster now while I have three secure quarterbacks, but I don't have much else in my team in terms of value. Yeah, I, th- I think um, definitely consolidating was not uh, the best move, but it did give myself uh, a more tradable asset. Um, Bijan, as, as as has been talked about over and over, or the 101, however we want to look at it, the 101, but uh, Bijan essentially has been it, RB1 in Dynasty, and I was just like, all right, 
peak value time to get out trey lance question marks calvin ridley question marks so it's like at least i consolidated into an asset that now has a long-term deal has passing weapons of goddard smitty and uh, aj brown so yeah like i am absolutely open to exploring trading out of of jalen hurts for the right deal um or deshaun watson uh, i still like you mentioned i still have him as a top nine quarterback I don't have quite the concern. I will have to see what happens. You know, Stefanski's going to to do different things with that offense this year. So I feel confident in his abilities uh, this year to to really take that next step or take that step needed to cement himself amongst uh, the elite tier of of QB. So yeah, if I can trade either one of them and, and you know add a valuable asset, you know, we talk about this being a rebuilding team which is all about asset acquisition. True, like truly the roster construction at this point, like we want to keep it close, but it doesn't really matter if I can get the right assets, right? Like when you have a rebuilding roster, like what are you looking to do? No, I think you're right in that, and that you don't really need to have the right roster construction while you're not in a competing roster. You're really looking for asset acquisitions right here. You're looking for assets that you think can improve in value that you can later use to actually build out that right roster construction. Truthfully, it doesn't matter. I mean, th- this is a team that's probably almost in a tank to try to get the best pick that it can next year. So it really doesn't matter to put the best product on the field this year. You're really just looking for what are the pieces that can push me to the future. Um, and so that that's where I'm looking at it here. I think you're fully right and that you don't really need a roster construct day one right now. So to recap kind of where things are at, we have, you know, as far as valuable assets in this asset acquisition mode, we have Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Geno Smith, Brees Hall, Rashad White, we'll stop there, Uh, Drake London, Traylon Burks, David Njoku, and we have all the picks, Um, you know, the 105, 201, 209, and some thirds, you know, we can look at those later. But those are the assets that we have right now that we're really working with. And, and so we know we're a rebuilding team. So we've, we finished kind of assessing where our team is uh, and where we stand in the league. It's definitely bottom four. No, no doubt about it. Uh, we don't need any, any tools to tell us that, but we are using Dynasty Daddy today again. Uh, there's Dynasty Assistant, Dynasty GM, however you want to do it. But based on kind of that and, and what we've just talked about here, this is a at least two years out team that, that needs to make some moves. So really where do you start like where are you starting with this team knowing the assets that we have uh as we kind of go through this this rebuild and and kind of next steps to make some moves yeah i think the the first one that you really got to be looking at in my opinion is that Brees hall asset um we're looking at the running back position as it stands right now where Basically, whenever you draft them, they're at their highest capital points as long as they're that top two or three wide receiver in the class, probably, right? Um, we're seeing it with Bijan right now that a lot of the 101 deals are pretty hard to come by just because people don't want to trade up for a 101 and a running back. We're, we're thinking we're drafting him at his peak. I think we probably drafted Brees Hall near his peak last year, especially after about week four, whenever he was really coming on. But then we see the ACL injury, and I think he's he's – maintained pretty heavily just because of the devaluation that we've seen through the running back class to even be here after an ACL tear is pretty significant for Brees Hall. Um, But we aren't expecting probably the best season out of the return out of the gate from Brees Hall because of that injury. Luckily it wasn't multi-ligament, 
but I'm still not expecting him to go out there and be a 25 touch guy week one. Uh, I'm not, I'm not expecting that from Brees Hall. So that's probably your largest asset that I'd be willing to move where you are looking a couple years out. The running back probably isn't holding his value throughout all of that time as the current market stands right now. So Brees Hall would probably be the first one that I'd be looking to move. The question then becomes, what are you looking to do with that Brees Hall asset? Are you looking to turn it into straight picks? Are you looking to down-tier him to one running back and a pick? Are you looking to down-tier it to a wide receiver and a pick? I think that's where you really need to look into it. Wide receiver and a pick would probably be where I'd start, though, just because the wide receiver holds a little bit more insulated value, and then you can push the pick. Hopefully you can maybe pick up like a 24 high second or back end first from a team that doesn't really feel like they are in need of the pick because they are a contending roster right now. Yeah, and and, and this is another key reason to use like a one of these dynasty tools um, like Dynasty Daddy ranks each position group. So now I know I'm trading a running back, right? So I'm trading Brees Hall. That's the goal. So I'm going to look at these teams that have, you know, uh, running back rank, you know, bottom half of the league, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and see who might actually be interested in a Brees Hall. So I like, I, I look at, let's just, you know, the, the number 12 team, the worst running back team, he's also rebuilding, probably not interested. Number 11, same thing, rebuilding, not interested. Um, can send it out though, of course. The number 10 team, though, uh, contender made it to the I believe he was in the championship or he was at least a top four team for sure. Um, definitely needs some some running back help. Um, so he has you know, he does have Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, which sounds great, but then he has Devin Singletary, Cordero Patterson, Gus Edwards, Deion Jackson. So there's a target. Um, and and you know, he has some other pieces, he has Michael Pittman, no picks, uh, but there's an option. The other one, uh, number nine on the list, is uh, looking at Alexander Madison, Elijah Mitchell, CEH, uh, Leonard Fournette. He's a frisky contender, according to this, and he was a playoff team last year as well. So, you know, he could take on or be interested in, in one. And then the number eight team, let's see here. He was also fringe playoff team, but he has like, you know, uh, he has some good pieces. He has Burrow, uh, Goff, Love. JT Javante, but also at the wide receiver position has guys like Aminrod, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and he has a couple seconds, and I think he has his four, yeah, his 24 first as well. So there's a couple teams here. So we're looking at um uh, just so you can kind of look at it as well. Son of Sam, the uh Blues Brothers, and Is Through Is are the are the three that kind of stand out here, maybe even He's, he's got a top four, the penny lover. He's got a top that, four running back room too. Yeah, that that that's where I was actually looking at right now as we were talking through that one was to potentially see, you know, I, I'm looking at picks here. I'm trying to see what we can do with the with the pick range. Unfortunately, a lot of these teams that you're targeting right now that just don't have that 24 first that we're probably really looking forward to try to gain that future capital on. Uh, Penny Lover here does have that 23 early first, as it says in Dynasty Daddy. But looking into the actual league, it's the 102. I yeah. would you would that be a consideration to say Brees Hall for the 102 straight up? I I just don't know what what does that really do for you? Like right, you're looking at probably a quarterback there, and then you're just looking at a little bit of a quarterback horde. Take the quarterback and then flip it for future value. Is that something that even pertains to the mindset? <sighs> I mean, it would be something of interest, um, but, you know, again, talking about asset acquisition, the one for one 
I would, I, I would entertain it, right? Like I, I would definitely entertain it. Would he, um, that would be the other thing looking at his quarterback room. He definitely, he only has Justin Herbert. So I don't know if he's willing to give up the one Oh two. He might right. be banking on banking on a quarterback there. Uh, so that might not be at least for this trade might not be a, an option. Um, but he does have other pieces I'd be interested in as far as like, you know, the wide receivers go, but Terry McLaurin, CJ, or, uh, Chris Godwin, a little older, does have T Higgins, but you know, again, or am I looking at a one for one swap? Uh, maybe not, maybe not the best mix, but if I could get T Higgins, I think it'd be. Yeah. If you, if you could get Higgins and a little bit of like a, a little bit of a kickback piece on top of that, because I think I'd still have Brees Hall pretty significantly oh, yeah. above T Higgins. Right. Uh, I think you're looking at, let me pull up the bulletproof ADP on those two. Brees Hall is going off at two Oh three and T Higgins going off at three Oh six in terms of just startup 12 team ADP. So you, you've got a pretty significant gap there. I, I think you could definitely get something kicked back in on a T Higgins. Are you looking a, the you know the 24 seconds something like that that you could kick back a little bit of future capital to and pick up something there are you looking at um possibly another piece of a wide receiver or running back a uh something something that's equivalent to kind of that second range i think would be where you're sitting maybe a jacoby myers a antonio gibson rashad penny i think that's that kind of where you're sitting but again i just don't really want to pick up the running back assets on this type of a team right now so i'd be looking to probably sit in the 24 seconds and some depth wide receivers on this one yeah i feel like that would probably be the the right move it's like higgins in a 24 second if i can get that done if i have to like i might have to kick back a piece potentially like a a late third or something like that potentially but um, if i could do t higgins in a 24 second i'd entertain that i'd entertain that for sure to to get off brace i mean I, if people are worried about the acl that's fine totally get it i mean maybe brace will end up being a piece i have to move in season because of that so that is something to to kind of be aware of is the injury and, and what people are trying to devalue but i mean like you just said he's going off the board at 203 uh still a highly coveted asset top three running back and we saw what he could do and every, all the reports that we're hearing is it's a clean acl uh, versus some of the other complications that you've had, like with J.K. Dobbins with the LCL, um, other you know MCL and, and PCL tears that also occur with ACLs. This was just a clean ACL tear. Uh, so hopefully that means the recovery is going to be quicker. Typically that's the case. We'll see. Yeah, definitely hope, hope hoping the best for him, but it would be one that I'm trying to move off probably before the season happens. If you do have the people in your league that are still buying into him, right? Like obviously if you go out there, you gauge the interest and people are trying to downplay it because of the injury may not be the league where you can do it right now, but I don't have any really hesitation about his long, like long term over the entire year outlook. I think he's still a very good running back and a very good offense that even gets better if Rodgers does eventually go onto this team. So I really like Brees Hall, but like we've been saying, the running back position, if we can move off, we're trying to move off. So just looking to explore some of these deals. I think you're looking, you know, like in that wide receiver. 12 ish range that I think that's probably where you're looking to see if you could try to pick up one of those wide receiver 12 to 16 and then a little bit of another extra piece on top of it just to build up change the where you're holding the asset from the running back position to the wide receiver position and then pick up a little bit more of a piece of depth I think that's where you're probably looking to move this Brees Hall pick um, unless you're doing it for straight picks as well Uh, but I just don't see the team currently right now that has that asset capital to do that one 
the one that I just wanted to look at here, I just kind of caught was the the son of Sam. He has um, he does have some good running backs as far as JT and, and Javante Algier, but the rest is kind of you know weak and flat. Has Jamar Chase, Amon Ra, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, DPJ, Tyquan Thornton. So he has you know some additional pieces potentially maybe an Amon Ra. He has a twenty three second, uh, two twenty three seconds this year. It looks like. 24 picks all in order as well in fact he has 224 seconds um in terms of asset acquisition like i mean amon is the one that sticks out like i'm not obviously going for jamar but amon ends out and like maybe dj Moore in the and multiple i don't know if i could do dj Moore in multiple seconds i don't think i could get that done but let me see here like amon in a second you know where that pick is the that that second that he has that's what i'm trying to find out right now but i can't seem to find so his his seconds for for 23 are the 205 and the 208 in 2023 okay and then the the projected for for 24 picks uh one is a true contender and then it's his own for next year's 24 yeah i mean i really think you're probably looking like uh, i i love amon ra uh where, where is let me look at where amon ra is going in adp he's going at 211 so you're getting about a bit higher half around half a round of value uh, between the two three and the 211 almost a full round to be honest so um I, I think you can if if it's the right manager i think you could definitely pick up a second on top of that he's not very weak behind the Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams. Javante Williams, obviously another guy that's coming off of his own significant knee injury. Yeah. Um, so there could be a little bit of hesitation there. I do think he has a little bit of a depth issue, kind of like you at the wide receiver room. If he does move off of Amon Ra, DJ Moore, then he's putting Darnell Mooney, Donovan Peoples-Jones into a starting lineup. So it might be a little bit harder for him to move off the wide receiver position, but I definitely think this is one where either the Amon Ra or DJ Moore could easily be a, a position of target for you to try to move off of that Brees Hall to pick up with a wide receiver and some additional assets. The the gamble that I'm looking at here, and this is a gamble just spitballing as I'm looking at teams here. You mentioned Javante. I'm obviously not looking at this year. If I can get Javante and a 24 first, done. Or is, is Javante's injury too risky because of you know him having the LCL damage as well, new regime, kind of no no true ties to him. Um, again, I I would focus on wide receiver and a pick first, but I'd I'd want to know where that twenty four first is to my yeah for me. Um, if if you're projecting that to be a non playoff twenty four first, I think you're right. I, I think I think I'm doing that pretty pretty easily. But if it does project to be a little bit later, now I'm banking on probably running back next year that I don't really like. I'm banking on Javante actually coming back. I'm banking on Brees not being probably as good from his ACL tear. That's much less significant than Javante's is. So. If I if I can do it for a for a first round pick that I like the position of, I think I'm okay with it. But I don't think I'm doing it just straight across the board. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like as I say that, I'm like, uh, it just feels like feel again. You got sometimes you got to take risks. Um, and, and you know if Javante pans out and and everything's great, perfect. Hey, you know it's a, it's a win. But if that's a non, you know if it's a playoff first and Javante's not the same and. 
I could take a massive L on that one. So, all right. But definitely got some ideas there for Brees Hall. I think I'm going to explore some options there with Brees. Anything else you want to touch on with Brees? Um, I do want to talk to you about Rashad right after that, too. Yeah, no, let's let's move into Rashad. What you got with him? So what do you, in terms of value, um, what is he even worth to people? It, it's it's the issue and the paradox that we kind of have with the running back room right now, right? Like there was points throughout last year, whenever Rashad White was really coming on, the people were sending 24 first or 23 first at that time for Rashad White. Um, I, I just don't think that we really live in that market in the running back world right now. I kind of talked with Scott about this one on the Destination Dynasty podcast where the, the running back room has just shifted so much where a lot of the picks that we have coming up right now are probably pretty equivalent to Rashad White, in my opinion, and that's maybe like the 203 at most for Rashad White all the way back through like 208 in this running back room where we just have a bunch of these flat tier assets in my mind with where the running back class stands right now before we have the NFL draft capital associated with it. So uh, I, th- I think you're looking at a mid-second for Rashad White in best case scenario. Um, right now, luckily, you know, they don't have anybody behind Leonard for, or they, they don't have anybody replaced Leonard Fournette That's actually on the roster. Um, I know you have said that this league is a little bit more savvy, so I bet you're probably not getting one over on them of being like, Oh yeah, Rashad White's going to be the main workload running back here because they don't have anybody else. <laughs> like, I think they're probably smart enough to know yeah. that there's going to be somebody else coming into this room. Right. Uh, it's, it's not going to be Keyshawn Vaughn and maybe no. Giovanni Bernard comes back. Uh, I forget. They yeah. also brought in somebody else. Did they bring in Melgo. Uh, Chase Mel- Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. That's, that's the one. But yeah, Chase yeah. Edmonds is another Woo. just guy in that backfield. So <laughs> right now it does like right now Rashad White has a little bit of value, but I, I don't think it's anything more than a mid single second. And that's kind of what I'm looking at too. Like I, I, I think he's, I think he's worth more than that. Like when you do the comparison, you're, you're spot on, right? Like you, you talk about it. Um, what we've seen from Rashad White, we haven't, we don't really know what he's going to be in Tampa. Um, as much as I'd love to say, you know, I don't think he's really worth a first. I'm looking at the picks right now. Um, according to Bulletproof ADP, he's actually going back to back with the 111. Um, so you know technically he is worth a first he's going just two picks after christian kirk and it's like you know i would love i think the the mindset of what i'm in is that running back can value is more of a value to somebody else's team than mine like i just don't have a use for him i'd much rather pivot that into wide receiver uh christian kirk you know just looking at some other guys going in that range rashad bateman even like i would i would explore potentially moving for for rashad bateman um new offense potential bump there like, could I could I squeeze two seconds value out of Rashad White would be like the idea. Maybe I do Rashad White and a third for two seconds in value or something along those lines. Um, yeah, this is a sharper league for sure. Um, some of some people do still like Rashad White for sure, but I don't think it's gonna be one where I'm gonna be able to like get a first for him. Yeah, I mean, look, looking at him compared to the one eleven. I mean, if you can, if you can just straight swap him for Deontay or Christian Kirk, who are the ones that yeah. are going on either side of him, I would easily do that. Um, I mean, you're looking at a running back asset. The, the good thing about Rashad White, though, I think that you know, going into this draft season that we're about to go on to here within eleven days, I think, which is wild to say that we're finally here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think his value changes much 
unless they take a running back in like day two. And I don't see them. I don't see this team really doing that. While they do need another piece of the running back room, I think their running back probably comes in like round four, round five instead of round two or round three. And I don't think that really changes Rashad White's value from that mid second that it is right now. So I don't think you have to, I don't think he's one guy that you really have to preemptively move or be actively shopping. I think he's always going to have a little bit of a market as we go through this offseason process. And that's that's kind of where I think he might be worth more than just the mid-second, simply because uh, we've seen what he can do on the field. The team believed in him. They obviously cut Leonard Fournette. They should bring in somebody in the draft, uh, but will it be somebody that takes over the lead role, or are they going to give Rashad White the lead role? I feel like that's the big unknown with the rest of those mid-seconds, is we have no clue what kind of workload they're going to get, um, which is why I feel like White will get a little bit of a bump. But again, it, we're we're picking hairs here really so yeah i think i might explore uh potentially you know christian kirkish range see if there's something i'm able to do with a straight swap because i don't need running back on this roster i think that's the bottom line i have zero use for rashad white he can he's more of a value to somebody else maybe they have kirk as like wide receiver five or six on their team um and and that might be a move that they'd be willing to make as well yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just a little bit flabbergasted here. I, I was looking up what the Bucks cap room looked like because I was like, well, what if they bring in what if they bring in like a you know a Mixon or a Cook gets cut or they bring in Zeke to really <laughs> to really come in and be that? They're still two million dollars over the salary cap and they have seventy five million dollars of dead cap this year. They only have a hundred and fifty million dollars towards their active lineup this year, and I'm just flabbergasted. So. Um, that that's, <laughs> that's how you awful. Know, that's how you know they're not bringing in a vet presence uh they're they're not they're not like they can't pay anything more than like three million dollars for another running back so it will be a late round running back draft pick more than likely so that that re- pretty much wraps up any sense of value out of the the running back room uh wide receivers against drake london and uh Traylon burks truly are the only two that are worth trading i guess uh, Corey Davis, I guess if I can flip him, great. But Traylon and, and Drake London, personally, I don't feel like now is the best time to be trading them. But is there any situation that might arise where you'd be willing to trade them off just to maximize value? Um, man, it's rough because while I still do like both of these wide receivers, they're just in offenses that haven't excelled them to the best of their abilities. Um, I, I'm still willing to hold on. Um, maybe like, like I, I don't think this is happening anymore as much as we've been preaching it all off season. Like a Lamar somehow goes to Atlanta and can you sell Drake London on that hype? Like that'd be something, but with what I see both of these teams doing through the draft, I don't think a rookie coming in is going to really bump either of these two's values. Um, I don't think the current QB landscape as it sits between both of these two teams is going to get anybody really excited about the two of them in Tennessee. You've probably got another draft pick coming in, in the wide receiver room. So I, I think it might only actually get worse for Traylon Burks until he shows something on the field in terms of production, better than what we saw last year. So it's, it's a little bit difficult for me. I'm, I'm kind of along with you along the same lines as you said, where I just don't think I'm getting much more than what I'd be willing to give up for those two right now. 
and th they're assets that I'm perfectly fine riding into the future and hoping that they have a future spike whenever one of these offenses or one of them does overcome their circumstance. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what I'm going to have to do with with both of those pieces. So at this point, it's going to be hold and, and see and kind of look towards the future with both of them. Again, hopefully there's some increase in value and uh, can make a move like that. So uh, I'm going to skip David and Joku. Um, just there on your roster. You can't really do anything with him as your only tight yeah. end of the roster right now. There's yeah, there's really no maximizing his value where I'm going to get multiple pieces of of, of worth. Um, we'll get into the picks here in a minute. So the really the most important part at this point is going to be this quarterback room. What are you doing? I, I know we kind of talked off off air a little bit about this. Like, what are your thoughts when it comes to Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, and Geno Smith? Where do you start, and what kind of trades are you looking for? Yeah, this is we have we have some sort of differences whenever we we talk about the the quarterback rooms. Not not the fact that like this quarterback room is fantastic. Uh, it's why it's why you made the trade up for Jalen Hurts, and I fully understand it. Um, but but we're this is where all of the value of your team is currently insulated at, pretty much outside of like Brees Hall and then the Drake London and Burks that we just went through that we don't really want to move. Um, and you don't have enough assets, in my opinion, to really build out the rest of the team around these quarterbacks as it currently stands. So uh, un unfortunately, even though the, the move was kind of just made to make a move up to Hertz, I'm looking to move at least at minimum one of these quarterbacks to try to get some depth into this roster. Um, whether whether that is Hertz and you try to flip him back on what what the move you just made was, or if that's Watson and you're trying to pick up a couple pieces on him, or if it's just straight up Geno for, you know, I, I think we had talked about Michael Pitt off air beforehand. So um, I, I'm, I am definitely looking to down tier one of these quarterbacks at the very least to try to get some assets though, because as much as I love the quarterback room, I just don't see how within the next two, three years that we're rebuilding this out to a level of depth that actually will ever get you to a competing roster. Yeah, I I do agree, and I feel like that's you know what I mentioned earlier. Same kind of thing. I feel, I feel like I moved you know a running back at its peak, a questionable quarterback in Trey Lance, and you know a questionable wide receiver in Ridley. Again, all things could work out perfectly where those three three pieces are just incredible, uh, and I swing and miss. But in the at the same time, like I don't feel like I miss with a Jalen Hurts. I feel like that the insulation with him is there, like. And as a tradable asset, I now have the ability to down tier. So I guess let's start with Jalen Hurts then. If I was to explore, if you were to explore a Jalen Hurts down tier, because obviously I need quarterbacks still. That's the whole thing. I needed more quarterback assets. Otherwise, I was just going to have Deshaun Watson, Trey Lance, and Geno Smith. But down tiering from Hurts, how far down are you looking to go? Um, and are comfortable going given the situation and what additional assets would you look to acquire with it? Yeah, we, man, it's, it's tough because we, we always preach that you don't really want to ever down tier outside of that top eight or nine, whatever your, whatever your cutoff is quarterback range. Um, so the first one, I, I couldn't do it on my teams because I'm a little bit overexposed at this point. 
but let, let's test a little bit of the waters and see possibly uh, at this point, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at the entire league, but like, what's the Lamar Jackson owner? What What's his feel on Lamar Jackson? Does he have the concerns starting to creep in that Lamar might actually hold out this year? Um, that That's where I'm looking because Lamar's still in my top eight. So I'm looking at Lamar first. I'm saying, Hey, can I get, can I get the first on top of Hertz to move back to Lamar? Um, that that's probably where I'm starting. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way on that one, but that would be my initial starting point of looking to down tier Hertz. Yeah. And I'm looking at it right now. So I did pull it up here that that team is a contender. He has Lamar Russ Stafford, and that's pretty much it at the quarterback position. But he is a contender. Has has you know Eckler, Joe Mixon, has a bunch of other you know really good pieces. He actually has Christian Kirk as well, and has a couple twenty three firsts um, in this draft. So he actually would be a, a good target, um, and he does have enough capital that he'd be probably willing to explore that to move into a more secure asset and to a player that is probably a little bit more coveted at this point. Uh, in time as well. So he has the 107 and the 112 in 23, and then definitely a playoff 24 first based on the team that he has. So, and especially if you're giving him hurts, you put him more yeah. in that playoff contender spot, right? <laughs> so you're probably actually not looking to pick up that 24 first. This is where I'd be looking to say, like, can I just get that 107 and can, can I get the 107 and Lamar? For my hurts, uh, I'd, I'd want to tack on a little bit of something extra because I don't think that 107 is exactly in the, my comfortable range yeah. of what I'd be willing to move. But I think that's I, I think that's very close to being a deal right there. Um, what what would that be in this draft class as we as we've been going through all of our draft picks? I don't think J, JSN's definitely not falling there anymore. No, uh, he he's going up before that. But you could almost get two quarterbacks back of this class if one of the quarterbacks does slip. Um, and break your quarterback down into two and then eventually look to be flipping the quarterback for future value off of that. Or this would be probably like the Jameer Gibbs, uh, QJ, Zach Charbonnet range for some people like me who are a little bit overzealous. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right because you have the, the four quarterbacks, uh, JSN, Bijan, and then you're looking at essentially looking at Gibbs at that range unless someone takes Gibbs earlier. Um then you have a couple other options available. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that actually looking at that, that one makes a lot of sense. The other one that I wanted to bring up as well, just because uh, he is a Philadelphia Eagles fan and he's also a contender. I believe he was a top four team in this league. Um, he has Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones does have Justin Fields. He has a late 23 first and has his 24 first. It might be kind of challenging here. Let me pull up and see which picks he has. But yeah, like I know you're not the biggest Fields fan. Would you down tier from Hertz to Fields, or is that something that's just not on the table for you at all, given your sentiment? And I mean, it just feels like massive risk. Uh, I mean, you're you're taking all the risk, right? You've got one guy who's just got a six year contract, and one guy who, <laughs> legitimately, in my opinion, might not yeah. be a starter past next year. Um, 
yeah, I like, had a tough one with that. As, yeah. I, as I, I'm done, we'll just cut that one, one out because one eleven, like because one eleven isn't one eleven isn't near enough, and no. just pick value. Even one eleven and a competing twenty four first might not even be there for me. Um, he he is my last quarterback in that range. It's why I always say quarterback like top eight quarterback instead of top nine quarterback because Fields is the last one for me. Um. What while he is a fantastic fantasy producer, I just don't know if the long term NFL staying power is there right now. Glad that they're surrounding him with some more talent, but it is hard for me to overcome the fact that he was legitimately the worst pat. He was a part of the worst passing offense in like the last fifteen years of the NFL last year. So, uh, I, that that's one man. Like I, I'd need to be getting a lot. I'd probably be needing to get two extra assets that I'd be very comfortable having to flush out the rest of my roster to be able to do it. Yeah, the 111 and like even the 24 first doesn't feel great knowing that it's a playoff one. And that's probably not a deal that you're getting done in a start 13 lineup because they still, people are still going to view Fields as a top eight quarterback, top nine quarterback. And then you're asking for two firsts on top of that to, to move up to Hertz. I don't think I'm going to be able to get a deal like that done. So yeah, I, I will just cross that off the list yeah. uh, just based on the other assets that are available to me. I'm looking like uh, Fields, James Cook, and Debo. Like that's almost where I'm looking instead, and I I don't even feel good about that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do think the Lamar one's a good one to to target. I was kind of looking at some of the other owners uh, in the in the range. Uh, the only other one that came to mind was looking at a T-Law type deal uh, because he does have 223 first that are mid to late and then also has 224 first. He's a tanking team, though. And then looking back at the tr- uh, transaction history of um, Jalen Hurts, he actually traded away Jalen Hurts last offseason for Ooh. T-Law. So... I don't think I'm going to be able to just flip. T- uh, that's a, that's a large to sunk cost. Yeah, that's a large He's like, sunk ah, cost. Not going to do. It. I might try it. I might try it, but I don't think that's going to get done. So, uh, but yeah, I think we got some good ideas there. So then, let me just shift to Deshaun Watson real quick um, and and bring up another name that was kind of brought up uh, as well. Any any thoughts on on Deshaun Watson? Um, obviously he's towards the back of that tier. So I can't necessarily down tier to, you know, I mean, maybe fields, but essentially you're looking at Dak and you're looking at Kyler Murray. Luckily, as I say this, I don't think I own any shares of either one of Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson in any of my (laughs) leagues, but I'd have Deshaun Watson above Justin Fields right now. Um, like I said, like I said earlier, when I was talking about Justin, like lo- love the rushing upside that he presents right now. I just don't know what the long term stability of him is going to be, and I know that Deshaun Watson is a fully guaranteed contract for the next like four years. So I'll lean into that and lean into the rebound. However, on this roster, this is where I start to look at Kyler Murray pretty significantly because you're looking at a player who while he does have a lot of stink around him right now amongst the dynasty community, it has definitely dampened his dynasty value pretty significantly along with the ACL injury, right? You don't really care though. As long as he keeps playing football for the next three years, 
like you don't care. You're looking at it as I don't need the points in my roster right now for the eight weeks that he's probably going to be out for this season at minimum. I don't need the I, I don't need the value as it stands right now. But if he does come back on the field, starts produced towards the end of next year. I think you're pretty insolent. Like, I think Kyler Murray's probably around his floor right now, other than the fact that like, he just says I'm done with football and I I hate this organization and doesn't want to play anymore. Like that, I guess that is a little bit of the risk that you're taking with it, but I think it's almost more insulated for your position than a Deshaun Watson, because Deshaun Watson has to come back out and play like he's a top eight quarterback next year. And that's, difficult to do in this landscape to be to be fully honest kyler murray doesn't have to do anything and just has to come back and play next year and he's recovered at most of his value so just looking at the the kyler murray owner because I, I i'm with you i feel the same exact same way i feel like i'm okay if kyler murray misses the season and i do feel comfortable with him longer term um, I, I still think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback let's just call it that like even if he's not top six that's fine but he's a top 12 quarterback um, barring these rookies coming in and just smashing. So either way down tiering from Deshaun Watson to Kyler Murray, this owner also has the one Oh seven. Is that too much for Deshaun Watson? The only reason that I would say one Oh six, I think um, the, the only reason that I'd say he might is just because like he know if he is trying to contend this year, he knows Kyler Murray isn't playing for most of his year and he doesn't have a quarterback too right now. Like you're not banking on Matt Ryan to go out there and fill in your super flex position for the most of the year. So like you do have him in a little bit of a hamstrung mode where like what it what is what is his out other than what you're potentially giving him, especially as we're wrapping up towards the NFL draft right now. This this is one of the few times where I'd actually almost see like what does the NFL draft tell me and how does my rookie draft play out? Because if all of the quarterbacks go before him at 106, what is he doing? I mean, he's he's potentially like trying to trade back up or reach significantly on like Hen and Hooker to fill up his quarterback two spot on a competing yeah. frisky roster. I think you have him in a spot where he he actually desperately needs a quarterback too to replace. And he has Kyler Murray, the one that you're looking to actually probably take on this roster and be perfectly comfortable taking on this roster. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the trade offer looks like because I don't. I I think the 106 is still too much. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at like a a bulletproof ADP of. You know, the, these guys going almost back to back in as quarterbacks go off the board. So I think that might be a little bit much straight up. But can you kick a little bit of something back and just say, hey, I'm fine, even though it may be a two for two. And that's not exactly what you're looking for in this build right now where you're trying to build out depth. I'm fine doing that for Kyler Murray right now. So looking at the picks that I have, obviously I have the 201. I don't necessarily want to give up a 201 to kick it back to, to move up those slots. I do have a 209 and I have the 301. Um, what, I mean, you think the third? I might even have to do the second. I think the late second, the 209. I think you're looking at 209. Yeah, yeah I think we're looking at 209. Okay. Yeah, you do a you do a first, second swap and you're swapping Kyler and Deshaun. 
obviously it's going to depend on his evaluation of Deshaun. I've seen some people that are down to like third round. I've seen some people that are still willing to draft him at the 108 like I am. Um, it, it's still again a bit of the evaluation, but I, th- I think that's probably what that deal looks like, at least fair on both sides, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like um, I am with you. I, I think that even the conversation that you and Scott had just kind of talking about kind of the pick maneuvering and I know this is start 13. So your, your startable asset range goes a little bit deeper, but at the two Oh nine, once we have draft capital, I that's still a range. And you and I have talked about this on, on the fantasy draft room uh, on the YouTube channel there. Make sure you subscribe. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we talked about it quite a bit there where we kind of have our tiers down where we have that block in the first right around that one Oh seven. And then we have, you know, a, a line in the early-ish second round. And so if I'm looking at the 209, I'm quite all right, especially with a, the tight end premium being what it is in this league, um, missing out on that pick entirely, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a, you're not pushing any value down the board here. I think we've pretty pretty much across the board out of all of the mocks that we've done with draft capital, seen around like that 206 range, we really start to get a little bit crusty. The running backs will dip into that like 210 range, but you're really picking at the back of the tier, in my opinion, at that point. So um, yep. throwing that 209, I mean, it gives him a piece back that can still probably produce for the contender team right now. The 106 helps you going towards the future, and the the pivot from Deshaun to Kyler Murray for you helps you in your in your outlook, and it definitely helps him if he is trying to really contend this year. Kyler Murray, like he he's got to be moved at this point, like unless he's living in some hopium world where he thinks Kyler Murray is going to come back out on the field week one because he's squatting a couple hundred pounds right now. I'm sorry, but like the, those videos don't mean he's playing week one. He's probably going on a significant amount of time with pup to begin the season. So I think that's mutually beneficial trade. Yep. I'm looking at that too. Um, anything else you'd explore with this? Uh, you know, we've talked about kind of the pick maneuvering as well maybe to potentially moving some of these, you know, an early at the 301 and the 306, I believe. So potentially looking to move those into, into a second, maybe if I can't move that 209 in the deal, uh, trying to package that and move into a new, a different tier, any pick maneuvering that you would do at this point, since, uh, you know, we're less than a month away from rookie drafts. Yeah. The one, the one that I'd look at actually is, uh, I don't, I don't think we talked about this one beforehand, but, uh, as I'm looking through the draft and looking at your picks, looking across the board, um, you're holding on to this 105 that really looks like it's probably going to be at the back of the quarterback tier, right? Yep. Um, and I, I don't know that you really need that fourth quarterback on this roster as it currently stands unless you do sell one of these players before the NFL draft. Um, so, so there's a little bit in the, in this start 13 lineup standpoint where i'm like can i actually split that asset up um and and so i'm looking to the guy who owns two first right now i'm looking to this uh steezy seven with the little lines logo um (laughs) but he's holding his quarterbacks are t law heineken tua cam newton jacoby brisket and brian hoyer um, so that's not a very one that's a fantastic name of nicknames in the quarterback room, but it's not a very secure quarterback room as it currently stands right now. So could you say he's holding on to the 108 and the 110 in this league? 
could you actually get that 108 and 110 for the 15 to say, hey, you need to move up to get your quarterback? I'll move back, take the two positional assets in 18 and 110, and be all right with that. I do like that. And after, you know, looking at his team too, the other ones that he does have, he has Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy. Um, would you, instead of like the 110, potentially go after a different wide? I mean, Smitty obviously would not be available in that type of deal, but um, like a Jerry Judy and a first being able to move back because I feel like if I'm drafting at the 110, I'd much rather take a wide receiver in the NFL versus the hopium that we have at the back of the first. And yeah, is that doable I, as well? I, I could definitely see it. I think it's on the borderline of actually being doable. I'm, I'm looking through yeah. the roster to see if I see if I have anything else right now. You're, you're definitely looking at like 110 and Judy in, in that one, in my opinion. And even that one feels yeah. a little heavy. But truthfully, like if if you're asking me right now what pick I'd you know, swap one for one, you're probably looking at like that one eight for Jerry Judy. Cause that's probably what like quarter, that's True. wide receiver two in this class right now. And uh, a lot of people would probably have that wide receiver two over Jerry Judy in this class right now. So I think that's actually, it, it feels weird saying it in that context, but once you put yeah. a little bit more outside context to it, I, th I think that's actually somewhat within the range. Maybe that same thing of like, Hey, just kick me, kick, kick back in that third round pick, that two oh nine, something like that. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely within the range of reason. All right. Well, looks like we've covered quite a bit here. You know, uh, and again, the deeper leagues are a lot more challenging because not only do you need to have, uh, or is it nice to have star power, but depth is so important. And, and obviously, this roster does not have it. Uh, but I am going to be looking to to make some Brees Hall moves. Uh, Rashad White as well will be be on the block and looking to move and i'll see what i can do as far as down tiers on these quarterbacks we'll make sure we give some updates here as well again this is a this is a gross team so this was this was one that pained me to even look at and do and i'm like well i got a rebuilder and uh it needs some help so um yeah that's that, that's what you got to do though you know we, we i don't like i'm not an orphaner i'm not going to orphan my teams and just throw them up for for somebody else uh, I, I drafted this team in a win now build right off the rip, thinking that it was going to work out. Uh, it did not. And I, I had to quickly move off of aging quarterbacks. I had to move off of Derrick Henry. Uh, thankfully, I moved off of him the week before he got injured two years ago um, and was out for the rest of the season. So, you know, I, I was able to make some moves and kind of recover some value because this team could have been in a lot worse shape. But, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a struggle, and I'm looking forward to to making some of these moves, seeing what depth I can add, what assets I can add to this team, um, and and hopefully be competitive in the following year. <laughs> yeah, and like like I said earlier, once once you get to the point of having like ten plus leagues or anything like that, you're going to have these type of Absolutely. teams sprinkled throughout. Uh, I mean. I know I had my contender on last week, but it's not to say that I don't have a team that looks exactly like this, where like my running back room is headlined by Alexander Madison and Khalil Herbert. Like that team is God awful. And I have, I'm, I'm about like this where I don't have the depth and I'm trying to figure out how to get back into that contention mode. So it, 
not it's not like chase you're a horrible dynasty manager because you have this team no i mean this is just this is just a part of the process man it's it's a part of the process we all have teams that are going through the pains right now and this is why we went through the process to try to say how do you build yourself up out of that pit how do you build yourself out of hey we've got like 10 starters and a start 13 how do we really get ourselves to proper roster construction to have the depth required to be back in contention for this team two three years down the road even if it takes that long to do hopefully it doesn't if we make some right moves and we take some really good shots on where we think value can accrue um I, i think you can get this team back up within i don't think it's a 24 team but i easily think you can get this team back up to competition in 25 yeah, I'd like to I'd like to put myself in in that middle range. I think with the you know acquiring some more assets, uh, seeing what twenty twenty four looks like at that point after next year's draft, and uh, and at least having a you know a frisky team, right? Like maybe a borderline playoff team, and and then I'm truly looking at twenty five to to make some moves. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad we went through this. This is a, a team that uh, has been neglected as you can tell with some of the names on the roster so looking forward to to diving in making some cuts maybe doing some some waiver wire ads and then uh, making some of these trades and, and give some updates so yeah let us know what your thoughts are if you have any teams that you want us to, to check out uh, or to talk through with you happy to help uh, hit us up on twitter i am at trophy chase tf tfdr cody is at cody smith tfdr um, on the twitter sphere Yep, and I'll also throw out my Discord is at the Fantasy Draft Room. I, I'm at the Fantasy Draft Room on Discord. I know a lot of people reach out to Chase on Discord, and I, I don't, I, I don't get any of them. I'm feeling a little left <laughs> out. You get all, the, you get all the DMs on Discord, so uh, I, I don't have the same handle everywhere. But that, that's the only one that's different. I, th- I believe for me is uh, on Discord at the Fantasy Draft Room on Twitter, Cody Smith TFDR. Check out the YouTube page at the Fantasy Draft Room. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, go back and check that pod that I did with Scott on Monday on Destination Dynasty that dropped on Destination Debbie Radio. Um, I don't think we got anything else to plug except for Underdog Fantasy, code TFDR, use it at sign up. Chase, if you've got anything else, wrap it here, man. Yeah, just want to take note here. So we are going to do a, our final uh, episode of this series. We're going to be taking a two-week hiatus on this because we do have the we are going to be dropping our next episode the week before or the day before the NFL draft and so we're going to be doing a, a fun episode for that and then after the NFL draft uh we are definitely going to have some have stuff to, to recap have to break it down have to kind of see how things shake out so looking at the the, the landscape post nfl draft so uh looking forward to both of those so in three weeks we will wrap it up with a mid-tier team um where it could be a contender if we push one way maybe it's a rebuilder if we go a different direction so we'll have uh, a tweener team and how do you make some decisions with that tweener team uh, but yeah next two weeks nfl draft nfl draft nfl draft we are here so uh yeah man thank you all for joining us here on the overreaction podcast 